Sooner Nation, OU Insider subscribers, coach, Brian Clinton enthusiasts, people who are excited that softball season is underway, which I think both Brian and I fall into that category, as well as a lot of people around the country, particularly in Norman, with OU softball season starting up uh, Thursday. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, a lot to be excited about. We're going to get into all that and more on this edition of the Oklahoma Drill, a podcast fueled by OU Insider and the Rivals Network. I am joined, as always, every week by Coach Brian Clinton, Sir, Esquire, third and fourth. And fifth? Do they just do third? Or does it go fourth? And Can you can you just keep going? I think you can. I would imagine. I, I tagged you how- in something and, and, and referred to you as... as- Jesse Crittenden the fourth earlier this week, if you don't remember. So I, I did. I can. I can go to the fourth. That's what I did. I missed that. I apologize. Now I feel like no. You no. <laughs> you'll see it at some point. I'm sure. I wonder how far. I wonder how far back anyone's ever gone. Like, can you beat? Is there like a twelfth somewhere like in the olden days? Like I probably. I would imagine. Yeah. Just John was... Smith the thirteenth. Probably. <laughs> I would love to know. That's not what that's not what people are here to 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 uh they're not here to listen to us banter about numbers. It's a numbers discussion. That's not what that's not what they're here for. We are talking about OU softball and softball landscape at large. Um again, you know, with softball starting uh tomorrow uh in Puerto Vallarta for a uh for a tournament there. They open with Utah Valley and Duke at 10:30 and 1, doubleheader flowsoftball.com is where you can watch it. So by the time this comes out, it'll be just a couple hours before softball season gets underway, but it's a Thursday, Friday tournament for OU softball. There was a OU softball media day on Monday. And this is a pretty interesting, this is a pretty interesting season for OU softball, Brian, because, you know, I've gone through the numbers. I mean, they, they have 10 upperclassmen, five of them have have been such key contributors and have been with OU their entire careers. Uh, Jada Coleman, Tiari Jennings, Ken, uh, Kenzie Hansen, Riley Boone, and Nicole May. Uh, they've been dubbed the core five, although Jada Coleman said Alyssa Brito should be, it should be the core six, but she started at Oregon. But it is, she does feel, it does feel like she's always been there. But Brian, it's so interesting because they returned so many key players. They returned seventy percent of their of their hits from last year, sixty eight percent of their runs. You 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 feel like you know. I mean, this is undisputed, unanimous number one team in the country, the favorite to win a fourth consecutive title. But half of this team are newcomers. They're either freshmen or players that transferred in. Um, so I think it is. It makes it like there's a lot of stuff you do know. But there is some stuff you don't know. And Patty kind of alluded to that. She said this opening weekend 
is going to be, there's going to be a lot of experimenting. They're going to unload the bench and, and kind of see where, where things fall. Um, she also, she said a couple of different things. The, one of the big questions was who's going to replace Grace Lyons at shortstop. It's mm-hmm. going to be Tiari Jennings. Yeah. She's going to slide from second to shortstop. So now there's a battle at, at second base and one of the, and also there's a battle in the outfield, particularly at right field. It'll be Jada at center and Riley Boone in left field, but the right field, there's a bet. There's still a battle going on there. And Patty made it sound like, uh, that's a battle that's going to on, that's going to be ongoing e- even as the season starts. And then you think about obviously Jordy ball replacing Jordy ball in the circle and the amount of pitching depth we've talked about the pitchers, how much depth OU has there. I think they have six quality pitchers there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then replacing Haley Lee, a designated hitter in, in who was a huge part of last year's run. She was huge in the postseason, just, just massive. So again, it, it does, doesn't it feel like this OU softball team? There's, there's a lot you do know, and there's some you don't know. And I mean, it, doesn't it feel that way going into yeah. this year? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I think the the unanimous number one overall pick and all of that, like, it, it almost feels as if, yeah, that's been the that's been the norm the last several years. Like, of course, Oklahoma is going to be the best team in the country, and I I hundred percent believe that they are the best team in the country. But I think it's almost just like this respect to what Patty Gasso has built there, and also that core group of seniors as you alluded to i mean those guys they don't they don't know what it's like to not be a national champion at the end of the year and like that's incredible to think about and so with that leadership it's huge i mean the, the bats are still there as you said statistically speaking they're returning most of their production offensively you know um the pitching staff i guess you could call a concern is not really a concern because of who they landed in the transfer portal and who they return but uh, yeah, the new names that are going to be uh, added into the, the the lineup and into the rotation, you know, they're not scrubs, which is great. Like, uh, you know, it, it sounds funny me saying that. Of course they're not. They're playing for Oklahoma, but like Kelly Maxwell's a two-time All-American at Oklahoma State. She led the Big 12 in strikeouts last year. Uh, I think she had 228 or something along, along those lines. I mean, just incredible, incredible uh, talents and a lot of these pitchers that are coming in are going to be playing on a legitimate staff for the first time where they're not having to pitch, you know, 150 innings a, a year. So um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really interesting to see who ends up taking that spot at second base because Tiari was so good there. Um, but I, I think it's a good, I think, I think getting, getting her at the shortstop spot with Grace Lyons being God, I think is, is probably a better utilization of her skills um, you just need to find somebody at second, but I, I'm not, I'm not afraid, uh, that, that they're going to have problems finding somebody with, with how many capable bodies and capable players they have, uh, on, on that infield. Well, and I think that that transition just makes sense for Tiari. Uh, mm-hmm. she grew up playing shortstop for one and two, right. she grew up playing travel ball, uh, with Alyssa Brito playing shortstop alongside Alyssa Brito playing third base. Right. So Alyssa even kind of said that on media day. She was like, it's kind of fallen back into old habits in some ways. It's interesting. I think the other thing too, we've talked about the pitching staff, but one thing that Patty kind of alluded to is, 
I mean, you look at the softball landscape and how much college softball is getting further and further away from leaning on one person too much. Right. And, and Patty's talked about the experience, like the, 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 the pitfalls of that. You look at last year with, with how with this three headed monster of, of Nicole May, Jordy ball and Alex Storaco real, but really for the most part, she, I mean, they completed most of the games that they played for the most part. They know she rotated them evenly, but they pitched the majority or all of those games that they played. The one thing that I thought was really interesting was she basically said, we're looking for, I mean, she not only alluded to the fact that all six are going to play, but she said that there she's looking for like a starter, a, a middle and an end. Like, I think there's going to be a lot more games this year where we see not only two pitchers, but three or even more mm. in a single game. And I think we're going to see that especially early. But that just makes sense with with not only Nicole May and, I mean, it was a .91 ERA last year. Uh, you go down, I mean, with, you mentioned Kelly Maxwell, who's one of the most decorated pitchers in college softball. Um, but yeah, I mean, Peyton Monticelli and and Carly Keeney and Kirsten Deal and SJ Guerin. I think there's going to be games where we see like not only a bunch of them in one game, but like combinations, like different combinations from game to game. I got the impression from, from listening to Patty that she's not, a, I mean, for one, she said this team has more depth or she basically said it's, they have more depth than they ever have, but there there's a lot to figure out. And I kind of got the impression Patty's going to get a little weird with it. That's kind of that's kind of the impression I got from her. Doesn't that maybe even from a fan perspective, especially you know with OU softball winning three in a row, they're looking for their fourth or the favorites to do so. The season can kind of be of a can kind of be a grind, but don't you think from a fan perspective that adds some excitement to think about? Man, we could see. I mean, outside of like the core players, we could see some really interesting, weird combinations at, in the circle at second base in the outfield, like doesn't that make it fun? Yeah, it's well. And the first thing I think of is I feel really bad for those batting rotations that have to face a left-hander in Kelly Maxwell and then a right-hander in Nicole May and then back to a left-hander in Kirsten deal, or like they yeah. throw Carly key, like adjusting to that in game when you're facing players who were, you know, one of, if not the top players, uh, in their respective recruiting classes uh, in the circle. Like, I mean, that's just going to be difficult. It's really tough. Um, and yeah, the, the other thing is, I, I think with with Patty saying that about her depth, the depth of her, her team this year, I think you're going to get to see just why Oklahoma has been so good over the last several years. Sure, you, you've had the star power, right? Like there's always been the Jocelyn Allos and the, you know, the Jada Coleman's obviously. Uh, and then you had Jordy ball, obviously last year, uh, really blossom into a true superstar in the sport, but the depth that this team has had over the last several years where, you know, you, you start to see some players in games where Oklahoma's up 20 to nothing after four innings, you got, you get to see some of those players start to cycle in and I think you're going to get to see just why um, this team is as good as as it has been, and that's because the depth that they're facing in practice and the depth that they're that this team is using, like they've got a ton of athletes uh, that are ready to contribute and, and would be contributing anywhere else, um, you know, as a starting player 
uh, anywhere else in the country. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be a fun season and it's going to be a season where I feel like Oklahoma softball fans, not only just to be excited about Love's field and, and everything that comes with that, but you're getting to see this team and who are, who the leaders of this team are going to be when OU finally does transition over into the SEC because that group of seniors is gone after this year. Um, so you're going to have to see some of these new players come up and, and establish themselves, and I think that's going to be really fun. I asked Patty about that. It's funny you say that. I asked Patty about that specifically. I said, is is there a balance between – I mean, her opening statement, she said – I hope everyone appreciates this monumental group of seniors and seeing them play for the last time and, and what they've done for this program. But you can't just be, you can't just be sentimental, right? You're not only looking to win a fourth straight title and you're the favorites to do so, but you also kind of have to bring in the new generation. And I asked Patty about that as like, what is that balance between not only being sentimental, but also leaning on this veteran experience, but also, trying to to nurture these younger players and these newcomers and she said like she's leaning on the upperclassmen she's leaning on these seniors to bring these under like to bring these freshmen and sophomores along with them i i it was a really interesting quote patty said something like i i asked all of them who was that senior for you when you came in who was the senior that helped you don't you want to be and like every all of them had a name she was like, don't you want to be that for somebody? Don't you want to be that for one of these freshmen? That was, it was a really cool answer. And you mentioned, you mentioned those newcomers. I think one of the more interesting things that she said was talking about this freshman class specifically, she bragged about this, this group of four. Now, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see Nellie McEnroe Marinas this year. Unfortunately, she's going to red shirt. She's had a surgery. Um, she's going to be out for the year, but this, this other group of three, I mean, she mentioned, um, Cassidy Pickering's hitting, um, I think they're really excited about Maya Bland, but she said, quote, we've got to get Ella Parker in this lineup. I thought that was really, we've got to get her in it. She was like, I know that for certain. Yeah. And that's interesting because not only does, is Ella Parker, uh, I think there was some question in during fall ball whether she was going to push Sydney Sanders at first base. That's not the case. Sydney Sanders is going to be at first like she was last year. Mm-hmm. But Ella Parker can play the outfield. But also, if she's got to get in, if she's got to get in the lineup, does she do it playing outfield? Does she do it as a designated hitter? Does she do it as a pinch hitter? I think, and like you're, you were mentioning. All, the depth this team has had also the strategy involved mm-hmm. just look at the stats from last year and the amount of players that saw time and the way they saw time either being moved moved around the field or being used as a pinch hitter i mean we haven't i mean two of the players they don't have from last year jocelyn erickson and um sophia nugent those were players that were used a lot as pinch hitters yep but it's but it was really interesting to hear her say we've got to get Ella Parker in the lineup, got to get her in it. That's like to me, I think not only this opening weekend, but these first few weeks outside of that that top group, you're gonna see a lot of different stuff. I think Patty's gonna not not unload the bag of tricks, but she's gonna put I pretty much everybody on the field, and then you look at the rest of the storylines, man. This this has the potential to be one of the most memorable seasons 
in, in, in not only OU softball history, but college softball history, specifically for OU, they're looking for a fourth straight title, which has never been done. They became the second team to win three in a row last year. Uh, this is their final year in the Big 12, and they're opening at Love's Field, a new arena in Mar- or a new stadium in March. This is an interesting set of set of circumstances. I, I think the other thing I would say is not only Jada Coleman kind of emphasized finding joy in the grind, but Patty is, I mean, I think there is this idea that it's not a given that they're just going to win a fourth straight title. Oh, yeah. There's so many storylines. There's so much emphasis and focus on this team. I, I think my message would be for fans just to enjoy it. Enjoy this group of seniors. Enjoy the – if OU rattles off a bunch of wins, you know, appreciate that it's not effortless, even if it looks that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the last thing I'll ask you is for OU softball specifically – what what do you what are you most curious to to look at um an opening weekend? What what do you is there a position group? Is there, or, or is there a position on the field? Is there a is there a, a roster decision, a coaching decision? Is there something you're most excited to to look at through opening weekend? So last year, if you'll remember, it seemed actually it didn't seem, it was obvious that this team was dealing with the pressures of the streak and winning constantly and, and living up to this perfection that they had created for themselves and, and all of that that came with it. Like, you know, of course there was celebration whenever the team won the national title, but you could feel it. Like it was, it was tangible. The, the relief like this, this, Oh, it's over. Like we, we can breathe. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I get to an extent when you're chasing perfection, there's always going to be some of that dynamic, but I'm really curious, especially with Oklahoma playing two top 10 teams in the preseason top 25 in their opening weekend. I'm really curious to see just how freely they're playing. Just what, like Mm -hmm. what kind of, what kind of dynamic do they have on the field? Because the streak is still there and I'm, you know, it may not be something that any of them have talked about or dealt with in the off season because, you know, obviously football is, it takes precedent um, on Twitter and things like that. But now that softball is picking back up, you know, it's not going to be long before you hear 54 games, 55 games, like, you know, you're going to start hearing those things. And, you know, I'm just curious how this group really responds to that. Um, Not that I have any doubts about how they'll respond to it because they've, you know, obviously this is the same group that went through it, but, um, you know, you could almost feel that. And part of me felt not sorry for them, but like, you know, and I don't even really know what word to use there, but it's, you could really, you, you felt there was this emotion towards, you almost felt like at what cost were, are they this successful? Is it really, how much pressure is that really putting on them as people? Um, and it was so, hard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, hard. You could tell, like, even with yeah. pa- like Patty even got emotional about some of it, like it, and it was tough on this group. And so, you know, I, I'm really curious and, and, and looking forward to, I'm anxious to see, um, you know, what kind of, what kind of attitude, what kind of, uh, motivation that this, this group has coming into a new year. That's a really good point, not only because of the pressures uh, on this team, but also because the college softball landscape continues okay. to get better and better. The parity, 
um, the strength of different teams. And you know why it was so hard on OU last year? It wasn't all it wasn't just the expect expectations. It wasn't the it wasn't just the winning streak. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, every I mean it it, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of things, but also because it was hard. They they ran into I mean Clemson gave them an absolute battle in the super regional game too. Uh Stanford pushed them to the limit in the women's college world series twice. Um, Florida state pushed them in game two, uh, of the world series final. Um, it's, it's clear softball is just getting better and better. And so when we're, when we're thinking about this quest for a fourth straight championship for OU softball, not to mention their last year in the big 12, the, the target couldn't get any bigger on their back. It, it just couldn't get any bigger. Now, Brian, last year, I was actually a little surprised um, outside of that non-conference loss to Baylor. They didn't really get pushed in conference play. Not, not really. Right. Um, you even think like two years ago, they at least lost to Oklahoma state in the big 12 tournament championship. Now they have Kelly Maxwell. So that, <laughs> and that, that irony, but they didn't really get pushed. They kind of went through and I think even that same year that I mean they I mean they they've lost to Texas before in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Last year they didn't really get pushed. You look at this year's Big 12 landscape, and I think there's I think there's teams all across the country that are going to be really really good and hard to deal with. And you even mentioned they played Duke and and Washington mm-hmm. this week for opening weekend. Those are two top 10 teams. We look at the Big 12 landscape. I mean, OU is obviously picked as the favorite for I mean to win uh not only the 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 national championship but the conference championship unanimous pick you look at the rest of it i mean te- texas actually they weren't unanimous i apologize they weren't unanimous to to win the ter- to win the conference championship uh but texas finished second oklahoma state finished third despite losing K- kelly maxwell baylor finished fourth um when you look at this field i think it's pretty interesting i'm actually pretty high on baylor myself i think baylor could sneak up on some people this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is hard to judge because I mean, Texas is really good. They've been really good for years. They made it to the final two years ago, but last year, I think not making it to the women's college world series was pretty disappointing for mm-hmm. them to not even make it. And then you look at Oklahoma state and they just lost Kelly Maxwell. You look at this landscape, Brian, is the, is there a challenger or challengers that could make that could that could push OU softball a little bit more than they were pushed last year. I will let me start by saying I think that this is going to be the most competitive Big 12 conference race that we've seen in probably 7 8 years, 9 years probably. Um not only do you have those the Oklahoma states and Texas that have have been Oklahoma's biggest competition in recent years, but BYU, a lot of people don't realize BYU has won like 16 uh, conference titles in their last 20 years. Like they're, of course it was in the mountain West and Western West coast conference and and all of that, but still that's a proud program that hasn't finished any worse than third in their conference standings since uh, their current coach took over. So uh, that's a proud program. UCF has, uh, it, by my rankings, three of the top 20 players in the Big 12 uh, coming in th- this year. So uh, they're going to be really, really good in the circle. They've got a couple of offensive weapons and Chloe Evans. 
uh, and Jada Cody that are really, that are going to be uh, really good for them. So those are teams that I look for. I think the biggest competition in my mind is Texas. Uh, what the reason why I followed Texas fairly closely with, with my stuff over at Heartland over the last couple of years. And Texas last year ran into Tennessee and Knoxville in that super regional, which, you know, that's, that was a really good team. I think what a lot of people don't realize with Texas is how many contributors they had that were freshmen last year. So you have several players. uh, You've got Sitlily Gutierrez, Ashton Maloney, Viviana Martinez. uh, All of those guys were, were all big 12 freshmen uh, first team selections for the freshman team. And then you throw in Leanne good and Reese Atwood, like, I've got a list of them over here. These are freshmen that made big impacts for them last year. Um, that's a dangerous team. I mean, that that's a team that has another year of experience. Um, you know, I'm not going to directly compare them to what Oklahoma has as seniors now, but it's like Texas has this group of players that all came in together and they're changing some things about how, how they do things down there in Austin. And so that team I think is going to be really good this year. Uh, and if they can catch fire, uh, like we've seen them do at times in the past, I think that's another good team. Um, they also added uh, Jolie Mitchell, which if you're not familiar with that name, uh, all ACC first teamer from Notre Dame last year plays infield is going to be a big contributor for them as well. So that's a team that is kind of built to compete with Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma State has some more questions than typical uh, we've kind of grown used to them being like immediate number two over the last several years, right? Because they've been back to the Women's College World Series the last four years. The only other team to do that is OU, obviously. Um, they have some more question marks. I still really like what they have uh, in the circle. Obviously, they've got Lexi Kilfoyle, um, and she's going to be amazing for them. But I, but I worry how much are they going to have to lean on her? Um, I do know... They brought in uh, Carolyn Wang from uh, who was teammates with Carly Keeney uh, at, at Liberty last year and was an all uh, a sun pitcher for a couple of years. But, you know, how much does that dynamic work? Do they get things figured out in the circle? I think they will. Long story short, I think there's five teams as crazy as it sounds. I think there's five teams capable of winning 40 or more games in this conference this year. And BYU is like number six, like, and, and those are six really good, solid teams. You don't know what you're going to get out of, uh, uh, out of Houston, Iowa state, Kansas. Um, you're, you're not really sure what you're going to get out of those teams or Texas tech really for that matter. Um, but those top six teams in the conference, it's as deep as it's been in a long time. And I think the, I think the race is going to be fun. And you, you go on teams and it's, it's uh, again I, we think portal and football but good have been active in softball i mean oh, yeah. my goodness it's been active and it's and you see teams be able to be transformed look at, look at oklahoma the newcomers they have this year compared to last year the transfer portal had such a big impact you mentioned tax and, and oklahoma i the thing that's agree with you for one I, I don't think OU is going to get through conference play quite as easily as they did last year for a number of reasons for one it gets harder every year 
it just every year once you win a championship the hardest one to win the next one it just always is yeah two they're leaving the big 12 i think that's that puts the target even bigger on them and three i think you're right i think for the most part uh, i think there are teams in this conference that can really challenge them i think texas is going to come back with a vengeance they were the only team i believe outside of ou that had more than one player on the big 12 preseason team i believe I think that's right. right. I think you're right. Um, um, yeah, so, because Dariana Orm didn't make it on for Baylor, which I was kind of surprised by. But yeah, yeah, I was too. And man, we didn't even really talk about Baylor, a team that not only won 40 games last year um, and be- was the only team to beat OU. And actually, that conference series was decently competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of those games were really competitive. Uh, they returned so much production from last year, and I and I think OU is going to have to juggle a lot they're going to have to figure out this roster as much as as much talent as there is on this roster they're gonna have to figure it out not to mention again OU really leaned on Jordy Ball last year now Kelly Maxwell two years ago at the Women's College World Series was fantastic she was incredible amazing yeah yeah, she was she was fantastic she's proven it but oh again I've said this before I don't know if OU wins the championship last year without Jordy Ball as good as that offense is, as talent and as as much depth is on that team, it's just hard. I think this conference schedule is going to be pretty interesting to watch. I mean, OU go they go to Kansas, they go to Texas. Man, that three game series at Texas in uh, in April that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be real fun. Um, they go to UCF, which that's just a completely. I mean, that's just a new that's just a new ball game for OU. Yep. Um, their home, their home matchups, their home conference series are with Baylor, BYU, Houston, and Oklahoma state, which again, that Oklahoma state, uh, series in may is going to be must, must see TV. If you had to, if you had to project, even if, I mean, we're, look, we plan our, you know, I I've covered OU athletics the last three years. You plan your vacation after the women's college world series, because you assume, OU softball is going to make it there, Correct. right? Um, <laughs> even if they don't get challenged in, or like, even if they don't see a significant challenge in conference play, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, are there, are there any teams in this field that you confidently can, can say, I, I think they're going to be, they're going to be in Oklahoma city in, in late May and early June. I think they're going to be there. I do. Um, I actually feel good about several teams being there which, you know, is crazy to say this early on, but I think a lot of the teams that, that, uh, that ESPN's top 25 has kind of ranked right up there near the top. They got it really, they got it really good. You know, obviously Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma will be there again. Uh, Tennessee last year was really good. I see them coming back this year. They do have a couple of pieces to replace, but that roster is still really good. Again, transfer portal, uh, helps there. Stanford and Florida state are two teams that should be back again. And if you notice, all three of those teams are teams Oklahoma had to deal with last year in Oklahoma City. So I think all of those teams are back. Um, Texas. Nigeria Kennedy, sorry to interrupt, no, but Nigeria Kennedy for Stanford. She's a truth. I, I mean, <laughs> if she didn't spook everybody in the country last year with how she did against OU, she did. Sorry, let, me, let me rephrase that. She spooked everybody, everybody. Yeah. not just Oklahoma. She spooked everybody. Yeah. 
I think she, I genuinely think as great as Kelly, as great as a lot of pitchers are, Kelly Maxwell's one of them, Nicole May. I think it was Jordy Ball and Nigeri Kennedy last year. Oh, it was no those question. two yes. at the top. One it just was. Yep. Yeah. I before the before her appear before Jordy's uh performance in the in the finals, I would have maybe even given Kennedy like a leg up just on what she did to Oklahoma's bats. Like just yeah. incredible. She was so good. Um yeah, she'll she'll have them back in, in, in Oklahoma City. I actually think Texas is gonna make it. I think Texas is a I team agree with you. That, that that can make it there. Um, you know, as we go down the list, Georgia Georgia's a trendy pick. Clemson's another trendy pick. Um, I think a team a team that you should look out for is Arkansas. I think Arkansas mm-hmm. can finally get through and make it. But the fun one, which I think Oklahoma fans will will be excited about, I think Jordy can carry Nebraska. I actually, there. that's a good. I'm glad. I I'm really, really glad think you Jordy that. Ball can carry Nebraska there, and I think it would be like, imagine how cool. Like, imagine how cool it would be for everybody involved in that story for Nebraska to end up in Oklahoma City. Jordy back there facing her former team potential. Like, the storylines write themselves, but that would be incredible. I'm glad you mentioned Nebraska because I do think like, I is as much as. Jordy Ball established herself last year as the best pitcher in softball. Uh, I do think that moved to Nebraska just because Nebraska didn't have the best season last year. I do actually think they're being overlooked a little bit, even outside of Jordy Ball. I think there's some talent on that roster for sure. And I think Jordy Ball is that good. Yeah. I, I really she can I, catalyze that team. Like she can be a yes, catalyst. She can. So I wouldn't be surprised even if she hits a little bit for them, depending on how much they lean on her. Even Patty yeah. Gasso and, and that OU staff utilized her a little bit more as not only a hitter, but especially as a pinch runner last yeah. year. I'm going to be interested to see if she's utilized offensively a little bit. I would Maybe imagine, for a Nebraska team that needs some oomph, you yeah, know? I would imagine she would be. I mean, she's an incredible athlete. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about an athlete who, I mean, I can't think of somebody. Kalani Ricketts obviously was was good for Oklahoma. Good. I mean, she was fantastic for Oklahoma. Um, I think she can do it all. Jordy Ball can literally. She can run the bases. She has power. She can also hit. You know, she's not just somebody that can go opposite field, but she can also, she can also play the hit. She's not just. I mean, she's just a great athlete. And then what she does in the circle is next level. So. Um, yeah, how conflicted, I, how conflicted are OU fans going to be if that, if they see Nebraska? I mean, I mean, not, not conflicted, but like it would be how surreal would that be? It would be surreal and it would be tough to, to root against her. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a very easy person to root for. Well, and I think, I think fans look the initial shock of her departure. I mean, there were, mm-hmm. there was buzz a couple of days before it was announced, but I think even the fact that, there was buzz and then it happened was shocking. And I think it did hurt OU fans. I think a lot, but I do think there was also this, this other, and I think understandably so, I mean, good. She was incredible. She was incredible last year. She was amazing. Um, But then I think the, you know, of going home and, and maybe, you know, that, that idea of how much that means to her and kind of getting that program back. 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I think OU fans are going to wish Jordy Ball well for the most mm-hmm. part, but playing against her, do some of those better initial feelings, do they come? I think that would be, I, they probably do be, a little bit. I, I think yeah. OU fans have been through a lot the last, co- I mean, you, you lost a future Lord. Heisman winner in football. Like, hate yeah. to bring that up, but like, that's the only comparison I can think of. You've lost the best player in their respective sport a couple of years in a row like that. I mean, that's tough. That's, that's hard to, that's hard to deal with. Well, and I mean, and look, and OU is look, they got Kelly Maxwell from Oklahoma state who has an argument as yep. arguably the most decorated player in Oklahoma state softball history. I'm not just arguably she is, she's, she's amazing. She's incredible. Um, that's that, that series isn't going to be played in Stillwater, but that's going to be pretty dang hard for Oklahoma State fans to watch that series sure. when it happens, especially with, with, I mean, there's clearly still bitterness from an Oklahoma State perspective. That's the there's interesting no, part. Of, there's yeah. no question about that. Yeah. One. I think that one is going to be a little ugly from the Oklahoma State side of things. Yeah, it is. I just, man, I think talking about all this, like softball continues to grow. It's grown every year, man. If you're not a softball fan, this is I can't. Hello, sooner. I'm kidding. I apologize. We experienced we experienced uh, we experienced some delays in the middle uh, of our recording. Uh, my Wi-Fi went out all of a sudden. No you... <laughs> kidding. You ju- you legitimately got me for like two seconds. Oh, I'm oh. using my hotspot for people out there. And it's so funny because we were about to wrap up the pod anyways. Thanks, Cox uh, Communications and Wireless Connectivity for, for giving us our first technical difficulties on the Oklahoma drill. That's this. It's We're making history on the pod after several months. First technical difficulties. Brian, as I was saying, I think this really well thought out, full of wisdom speech that I was giving uh, to wrap things up. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I, I think... If you're if you're not an OU softball fan, this is the time to hop in. If you're not yes. a fan, if, if you're not following college softball in general, the landscape, th- this is the time to do it. I think Big 12 softball, softball around the country, there's no better time to hop in than this year. There's so many storylines, so much parody, right? I would I would ask if you're not already an OU softball fan, like what are you doing? Why, like why? <laughs> if you're if you're gonna hop in now, but yeah, I mean yeah, softball right now is as good as it's ever been. It's it's fantastic. And I think some of that can be attributed to it's kind of like the the Nick Saban effect in in college football. Like Patty Gasso has changed the way that college softball programs do things. And you're seeing the sport as a whole elevate because of that. OU softball is going for a fourth straight national championship and eighth overall. It's just it's bonkers. It's just insane. It is going to be fun to cover yet another softball season, a quest for more history for Oklahoma. We will have you covered here on the Oklahoma drill and on the OU ins- or, and over at OUinsider.com the entire season starting uh, tomorrow or today when you hear this at the Port of Vallarta Classic. We will have you covered there and we will have you covered all season. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe on the OU Insider YouTube channel. If you're not a VIP member over at OU Insider.com, just like Brian asked with why you're not an OU softball fan. Why are you not a VIP subscriber? Why? why? Those are two questions. Why? Why are you not? If you're not either or both of those, you should be both of those things. 
this is the time to do it. No better time to do it than right now. Parallels to OU softball and the OU insider team. We'll have you covered all season long. We'll be back on the Oklahoma drill next week to, to review, analyze, break down the OU softball's first few games. We'll be back with you next week. See you then.